can download the app, get started, be a part, because here's what's going to happen. Come July 14th, this place is going to be nuts. On Sunday morning, we're going to be celebrating, we're going to have pictures and video of all the different things that we did, and we want you to be a part of that. Does that sound good? Well, turn to somebody sitting around you and tell them Happy Father's Day. Can you do that? Even if they're not a dad, it's totally fine. It's still Father's Day for us all. I hope that when you leave here today that you grab, if you didn't get one of the brisket breakfast tacos, that you get one of those on the way out. Um, And just have some fun today. Take some pictures with your family. Post them online. Let people know what a great uh, time you had here today. If you have your orange bulletin, grab that because there's some notes in there you can follow along with us. It's also on the YouVersion app. You can jump into that and take notes. And uh, we're just excited that you're here today. I've got a, a Father's Day message for all the fathers today. Now, I'm, I'm just guessing that if you're a parent or a human being, you will also glean some nuggets from this. But I'm going to be shooting to the dads today. And you know what? It, today, I'm not going to be preaching down to us dads. Is that a good thing? Is that an okay thing if I don't just get on us dads for not just being perfect? Is that cool? Because what I would like to do is encourage our dads a little bit today. If you know me at all, I'm not really a hellfire brimstone kind of guy. I actually believe that the reason they call the Bible the New Testament, the, the, the good news, is because it's actually good news. Y'all with me on that? Good. I hope, I hope so. And uh, let's welcome everybody that's watching online. Can everybody say hello? Hello. That's right. I'm super excited that people watch us online every week. Most of y'all should have watched this last week because you weren't here last week because of the storms. We got storms at about 9.15, right? Just blew through right when we are fixing to start service. But listen, us 13 that were here, we had a great time. We were all wet, but we had a great time. Um, how many of you know that times since I was a young man till now have changed a little bit? It is amazing. Do you know I did not grow up with a cell phone? Yeah, can you believe it? I didn't, I, we didn't have cell phones till, till I was married. And uh, now there were those big old bag phones that, they, that all the Oldfield guys had in their cars. And when the phone would ring, they would honk their horns, you know, and let everybody know that I'm cool enough to have a bag phone in my car, that kind of thing. But t- times have changed. How many of you in this room, I want to see a show of hands, how many of you in this room have ever dove off of a high dive? Have you ever done that? Whoa, lots of people. Yeah, how many have never dove off of a high dive? It's because you're too young. Because high dives are dangerous, and they took all those away from us, right? Anybody ever uh, walk to and from school? You ever walk both ways, back and forth to school? Yeah? Cool. Like 19 miles uphill both ways? Yeah, it's tough back then. Times have changed. Anybody ever rode in the back of a pickup truck? On the highway. On the side. Yeah. Yeah, that's super. You're lucky to be alive. You're lucky that you're even here today. Times have changed, haven't they? And and, and, and matter of fact, I can remember I grew up in on F Street in the, on the east side of Duncan, Oklahoma. And I would on a Saturday morning, I would take whatever supplies I wanted, take off, leave the house eight or nine o'clock. And you know what? My time frame to be home, my when you need to be home is dark. All those are correct. Yeah, when the street lights come on, something like that. I'm, I'm eight, nine years old, and we're just running the streets, the woods, the creeks, the alleys, just running it all. And, of course, uh, we didn't have cell phones. So the way, my dad, um, the way my dad would call us, like if we needed to go somewhere earlier, he'd just open the front door, step out of the front door, 
and screamed so loud his tonsils fell right out on the porch. My dad could whistle really, really loud, and he would step out in the front yard, and he would whistle like a tornado siren. He would just whistle and do this, <laughs> knowing that it's going all around the neighborhood. And I had to learn pretty quick. I had to learn like seven or eight years old. I had to learn to whistle because that's how whistlers contact each other. When he whistled, he couldn't hear me yell, I'm coming. I had to whistle back. He's like, I got him. Okay. And he goes in the house. Times have changed a little bit. But you know what's cool? Times continually change. The way we do church has changed a ton in the last 20 years. But can I tell you what has not changed? Everybody say people. People, people have not changed a lick. I, I would love to think that people have changed. But what's crazy is I also read the Bible. I also like history. And if I go back into the Bible, I can go back three, 4,000 years and read. And I go, that dude's just like me. They act just like me. I mean, I don't make those kind of mistakes. But aren't you glad that we've evolved way past the way they used to be in the Bible? No, we haven't. We're exactly the same. And that's why when, when I run across stuff in the Bible that is not super spiritual, but it's super real, I love to take note of that. I love to take note when it's like when God says, okay, 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 I know you're good at all the church stuff. Can we just talk for a minute? Because i got something I need to lay on you. And there's a dad in Psalm 50. You may have heard of him. His name is David. And God had one of those, those man, man, front porch, let's go outside and talk for a minute moments with David. And, and those are the things that I like. And I want to I read that to you because back in the Old Testament, there was a lot of formality to the relationship with God. You know what I mean? Like if you messed up, there were sin offerings. And if, when you harvested your crops, there were harvest offerings. And there were all kinds of regulations and rules. But can I tell you that even in the midst of all that, that that was never God's heart? And so dads, I want to read you this little paragraph today. And right at the end of this paragraph, God really tells David, like, you, you want to know what the real deal is? Really behind the scenes, past all the rules. He gives that to us. And the reason I'm telling you this today, because as a, as a dad, fathers, there's nothing more that I want to, than to help my kids. But what I've learned is that, and I've learned this the hard way multiple times, that if I want my kids to see Father God, then they first have to see God in their You know what I'm saying? Like, if I want them to be spiritual, then first they need to see a leader, somebody in the house, mom and dad, they need to see us doing those things. So I just want to encourage you this morning, dad. I understand it's difficult. I understand we're busy, right? It's just a matter of, like, we got soccer practice, got to mow the lawn, we got people coming over, all that. Kind of, I'm just trying to get all the kids in the car so I don't lose one of them, right? I mean, that's not even our favorite one anyway, so that's fine. We'll have another one and just get on down the road. You know what I'm saying? Am I, am I the only one that ever thought that? So this paragraph in Psalm 50, that was a joke. Don't think bad of me. This paragraph in Psalm 50 will help us, dads, will help us to understand. Here, here's what's really important. You want to see God, your kids serve God. You want to see your kids love the Father in heaven. Here, here's some steps. Let me, let me start with verse 8, all right? Here's, here's some help for us. It says this, and this is, this is God coming back to David and helping him out. He said, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or burnt offerings you constantly offer. Like, you do good at church stuff, okay? You, you take them to church. You, you're good at that. You're, you're good at that. God's, God's patting him on the back. But then verse 9 starts off, but when you get a but in the Bible, 
you underline that because he's fixing to turn a corner. He says, but I need, but do I need? I do not need. How about that? Let me start over in verse 9. <laughs> but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. You're not cooking these bulls for me, is what he's saying. For all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of the bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Everybody say no. No, no God, God, everything God has ever asked us to do, do you know it's not for him? It's for us. It's to help us, to get closer to him. And so now in this last verse, verse 14, he says, let me tell you what it really, what's really important. To, to allow your family to see God in you. Here we go. Verse 14, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows that you made to the Most High. And then call on me when you're in trouble, and I'll rescue you, and you will give me glory. Like, it, if you will do these things, if you'll just start with the basics of the heart, and we're going to run over those real quick. But if you'll do those things, then our relationship works better than if it's just all rules and regulations, right? How many of you don't care about the rules and regulations anyways? I'm not, I'm not in for all that. I'm so thankful that when Jesus came in the New Testament, he said, let me just, let me just set the record straight. It's not about the rules and the, relation, the regulations. It's about the relationship between you and me. That's what's important. And that's what, that's what he's saying here to David. Yes, I've commanded you to do all these things, and you're doing them great. But it doesn't matter if your heart's far from me. It doesn't matter if you're just checking it off the list. Because how many of you know if, if your kids are just doing all that stuff, all their chores in the house, but you don't really have a relationship with your kids? It's not the way you want it, right? That's what God's saying. He goes, listen, listen, I still need you to carry out the trash. still need you to mow the lawn. still need you to pick up your room, flush your toilet. Can I get an amen? <laughs> still need all that to happen. But more important than that, I need your heart. And that's what he starts with here. I'm going to go quick through these. So if you have your notes, hang on, hang on with us. Number one is this. It, dads, let, let them, you can see this. To thank him with a sincere heart. Thank God with a sincere heart. Help your kids see you thanking God with a sincere heart. My, my goal is to turn every blessing that we get in our family not to dad's abilities, not to dad's talents, not to dad's giftings and how great dad is but right back to God. God, I'm so thankful for our incredible church that we have. Did I build this? Did I do all this? Absolutely not. God did every bit of this. Times when I tried the hardest, it, it dug in the ground. Times when I kicked back and said, God, why don't you do some things? It, our church flourishes. They're like, I understand God did it all. God, I'm so thankful for my house. I have a roof over my head. My air conditioner worked all day yesterday. I'm so excited. I have this cool thing in my kitchen where you go in there and it's a metal box and you open it up and it keeps all my food cold and lets stuff stay in there for weeks, sometimes months, but most time weeks. And it keeps, you know, like what a blessing my refrigerator is. And this morning I got up and I opened my eyes and both of them worked. You know, and I, I took a breath. I swung out of bed. I stood up on both legs. That hadn't always been the case in my life. I've broken some bones. You know what I'm saying? Like, understand that... I want my kids to see that I am thankful for every single thing you have blessed me with, God. 
I want my kids to see that I understand that all the animals in the forest, you own them anyways. I understand this little plot of land that I claim to be mine. I'm going to croak someday. I'm out here. It's rigged. Nobody's getting out alive, right? We're all going to die. And, and my kids will sell off that property and somebody else will have it and it'll just move on. I'm so thankful for what I have right now. I'm thankful to God for everything that he's blessed us with. For my health, my relationships, my family. Lord, let our kids see us connected all back to God. Amen? And, and when we do that, that next little fill in the blank, it allows you to connect their life to God's plan for their life. It allows you to begin, like when they're younger, they just see you connecting everything back to God. But when they get a little older, you get to steer them in the same direction. Hey, you understand, yes, God gave you the strength and the ability to do that. But God blessed that, so that's why you have that. That's why you have this. What a possession, time, gifts, of your personality. All This is all from God. And the older I get, the more I understand how much of that is from God and how much I didn't acquire in this world. From my personality to my characteristics, God's given us those things. And I want to connect those to what is happening in my children's life. Let them see us turn everything back to God and give Him blessings for everything He's given us. Amen? With our time, with our finances, with our characteristics. Let's turn it all back to him. Listen, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says this, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those, I would like some of that strength, whose hearts are fully committed to him. It, it all pulls back to throughout scripture, you get to see God telling us over and over and over, yes, you need to do these things. Yes, you need to not do these things. It's important because that's a direction he's trying to save us in on this earth also. But when it boils down to it, dads, can I tell you, it's about one thing. It's about our hearts. It's about our hearts. And kids nowadays have these fake dad detectors that they're just naturally born with. And if dad's not in love with God, we can't gripe at our kids for not being in love with God. Woo! You ready? You ready for number two? Have we chewed up and swallowed number one yet? Dads, I want to encourage you. It's not 15 do's and don'ts. It's your heart. Let your kids see you love Jesus. Let your kids see you have a, a heart of gratitude. It'll change the entire tone of your household. The second one is this. Offer him. Offer him. Everybody say offer him. Offer him. It's important that, because he's not going to take it, offer him control of your life. Woo! That... that Second part of verse 14 where it says, and, and keep the vows that you made. That's an Old Testament way of saying, hey, do you remember when you were fixing to walk into that, that meeting at work and you said, God, if you will bless me with this deal, I will do. Remember that? Remember when you were in trouble and you said, God, if you'll get me out of this, I promise that I'll. You remember when that really amazing song came on about 15 minutes ago? And you're singing nothing else, and you're going, God, this is exactly what I want. Nothing else. This is, this is it. That's what he's talking about. Those are the vows of our heart, of, our, of, of what we mean, and what he's asking for. He's saying, why don't you keep those vows? And it, it hits me, Dad. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. It hits me. Why don't you keep those vows, Scott? Why don't you actually not just talk it? Why don't you live it? 
I told you I was going to be encouraging, Dad. That was on me, okay? That one's on me. What, what, listen, this is what, what God's saying is quit dating me, dads. Quit dating me. It's time to walk the aisle. Time to walk the aisle. Give him the keys and say, why, why don't you be in charge of how I do deals at work, Lord? Let's, let's go the whole distance this yeah. time. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> why don't you be in charge of how I react and treat my family when they don't do things correctly? Whew. I'm, I'm preaching myself. Why don't you be in my hobbies, Lord? My hobby, my free time. Man, I see it so often. It's one of the things I pray for my friends about the most in me. is like, Lord, help us in our free time. When we're out with the fellas, we're out on the golf course, we're out at the lake, when we're out in the garage, whatever, when we're home alone. Help us in our free time, Lord, to honor you. I want you to be in control of every part of my life because I want my kids to be able to see that. I want them to see that you're in control, Lord, of every single part of my life. Listen to Romans 12, 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer. So important, the wording in these verses. God's never going to take it from us. He says, offer your bodies, offer your life as a living sacrifice, every part of it, holy and pleasing. And this is true and proper worship. Amen? Listen, I've referenced this Bible a few times before, and I'll give you a great illustration of this point, because this is my first adult Bible. If, if you know my story at all, I've shared it a bunch. I got, I got saved in March. I gave my life to Christ in March of 1993. I was uh, in my last years of college, but if you look over in the first of my Bible, I'm, I'm saved, 3 of 93, but it, this Bible was presented to Scott Morris by Jason and Michelle on January 20th, 1991. And the reason is, is because I was getting in lots of trouble in 1991. And I really didn't want to get in a bunch of trouble. Anybody ever got in a bunch of trouble and you didn't want it? You wanted to give it all back? Just me? And so I started attending this little church that my my cousin and his wife, Jason and Michelle, went to. And they bought me a Bible because that's what you do to new people when they really come, they come into your church and you, they really need it. And Scott really needed it. And so they bought me a Bible. And for a couple of months, it was great. But can I tell you that I never, never gave him me. I never said, here's the keys, Lord. Like, it'd be great. I just want to attend church, and you change me. Does that make sense? And you just do what you need to do. But in 1991, God said, I don't, I don't ever make anybody do anything. And I went right back out after a few months, got in the same trouble, the same thing. And it wasn't until March of 93 that I said, okay, I'm done. I'm not even driving anymore. There are the keys. You can have it. Lord, I want to give you all of me. I don't want just Sundays from 930 to 1030. I want you to take my dating life. I want you to take my finance. I want you to take my career. I want you to take my schooling. I want you to take my everything. I want you to take it all. And it wasn't until that moment when I said, take all of me, that my life turned around. God's never going to force us to walk 50-50. He just doesn't do it that way. He asks us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, and that's when he changes us. Amen? Dads, that's when your family changes. When they see dad surrender the keys and say, from this point forward, God's in control of this family. Number three is this. <clears throat> Number three, 
It's probably the most difficult of them all for me. Is learn to pray. Learn to pray. You know, when my wife and I started dating, I didn't know a whole lot about Jenny. I knew she was hot. That was good enough for me. Is that okay? Just being honest this morning. And that was, that was always a good start, you know. But when we started dating, I didn't know her favorite songs. I didn't know her favorite things to eat. I didn't know the things she didn't like. I didn't know all those things. But listen, for, for the relationship, I was willing to learn. Does that make sense? And, and over the last 25 years, I've learned to love her, not just the way. Because when I started, when we started dating and got married, I loved her the way I wanted to be loved. And come to find out, her love language is not my love language. Isn't that funny how God does that? Our love languages are 180 degrees different. And it taught me how to love my wife. And over those 25 years, she will tell you, like I, Scott has learned, our first year of marriage, I woke up on November 1st. It was a weekday. I got up, got, got a shower, got dressed, and I went to work. November 1st is Jenny's birthday. It's our first year of being married. She was still sleeping. I just went to work. When I came home at lunch, she was crying. Oops. And I was like, what's going on? Nothing. Don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it after work. I'm like, no, there's obviously something going on. How many of you know nothing means something? <clears throat> and, and let's talk about it. And she informed me that her entire life, her parents woke her up in the morning with, you know, her gifts, her card, whatever that was, little princess. She's heard, she's heard it all before. And every morning, and I, the first birthday that we were married, did not do that. Can I tell you that I learned from that moment on, I never made that mistake again. I learned to love her the way she loved to be loved. That's what makes sense. And it's the same way when I say we learn to pray. All praying is, is a two-way conversation between you and God. That's it. It's the single most spiritual thing you'll ever do in your life is to pray. You're communicating with God. And, and people will say, oh, I don't know how. How do you do that? You, you start. You practice like anything else. If you took up a new sport today, a new hobby today, you're not going to be great at it. You're going to make lots of beginner mistakes. But if you love that, if you're committed to that, you're going to press through. In my marriage, I loved her, and I was committed to her. And I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to love her so that it builds this relationship, that grows this relationship. When I first got saved, I don't know that I ever prayed in my entire life until the week, the week I got saved. And I started learning how to pray. I started talking to God. Sometimes I knelt down. Sometimes I walked around. Sometimes I went and got in the bathroom and sat on the side of the tub. Sometimes I prayed in my car. I just prayed all different kinds of ways so I could learn to talk to God. Because listen, men, what we need is to learn to be led by God. And it's through prayer and talking to Him that we learn His voice. We learn what the Holy Spirit sounds like and feels like in our hearts. And God can lead us in our families. It's, it's not a five-step process. It's a multiple year long process. My grandpa to this day, he inspires me because he's 87 or 88, somewhere around in there. And I called just a couple of weeks ago. We went down to visit him. And when I called to arrange it, I called my grandma answers the phone. My grandpa always answers the phone. My grandma answered. 
I said, where's Pepaw at? She said, oh, he's out in this prayer closet out in the garage. And he had built the garage a few years ago and built this little eight-by-eight room in there. It's got furniture from the 50s in it and pictures all over the walls. And ever since I was a little kid, he would tell me, say, grandson, you got to learn to pray. That's where you're going to meet God. That's where God's going to speak to your heart. That's where he's going to steer you. He's where he's going to say, hey, you need to start doing this. Hey, you need to stop doing that. You need to guide it in this way. He's going to reaffirm your relationship when you pray, when you talk to him. He's going to encourage you. He's going to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. And he's going to remind you that he's for you and not against you when you pray. Dads, I want to encourage you. If you want to see your kids love God, the Father, let them see their dad, their father love God. Amen. Let them see them pray. Let, let, them, let them hear you praying. When things happen in life, gather them up and say, let's pray about this. Let's pray about our family member. Let's pray about this situation at church. Let's pray about my job. Whatever it is, learn to pray. Nobody starts off being perfect, but learn to pray. And that's what we're going to do at the end of this service. We're even going to do it a little bit different because we're going to sing one more song. We're going to sing one more song. And I want to tell you that there's some amazing things that can happen during a song. The Bible actually says a couple of different times that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we begin to lift up his name, our hearts kind of release from what's going on in this world. And all of our big problems begin to shrink. And this little God out on the horizon begins to grow. And I got that reaffirmed just a couple of weeks ago. A couple of months ago. Let me tell you before we pray. A couple of months ago, we were, we were going through real busy time here at South Point. We lost a couple of staff members, and the rest of us were all covering everything. And it was, real, it was still good times. It was just super, super busy. And Jenny and I took a weekend and went to Dallas for the weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Saturday night, we decided, you know, or Saturday afternoon, let's go to one of the churches down here. Let's check it out. And so we went to this church that's incredible online. You ever done that? Like you found one online, you go, this looks super cool, let's go. So we went to this giant church, it's super cool. We went in, there were like all kinds of just cool stuff in the church. We went in and the worship, and I, I'm just to be really honest with you, okay? I remember, I'm super busy. I was thinking to myself, I just, I just need some good old, I just need some good worship. Does that make sense? And the worship was boring. It just wasn't my flavor. I'm not, it's great for that church. I'm trying to be honest with that. I don't want to be critical. It's great for that church. Giant church doing great things. But we kept looking at each other and going like, wow, how did they get this big? Like, and believe it or not, for the first time in about 20 years, when they did the greeting and they had a guest speaker and he started to speak, we kind of looked at each other and we're in the balcony up toward the back. And I said, you ready? And I said, sure. And we left. We left a church service. Your pastors. Oh, am I saved? But 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 we were just to that like I'm, I'm wore out, man. If I'm gonna sit through something, I needed to feed me. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that selfishly, like God, you better do something. I just said like I, I want some quality. I want some quality. I hope you get my heart on that. So Sunday we found another church. Never been there, but cool online. Went to this other church. And uh, we walk in, and I was kind of doubting it. It was, a, it was like a 1930s church that they had remodeled. I'm like, okay, okay, trying to not judge it. Let's go in. Let's be a part. And from the opening song, 
I started crying. All the way through four worship songs, I bawled. Jenny's like worshiping. And I'm just, <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, what's gone over me? The pastor comes up and he starts preaching. And I'm just, I can't even hardly see him. I'm just crying the whole message. At the end, he gives the response time. And after the service, I told Jenny, I said, I almost raised my hand to get saved. I'm saved. You know what I'm saying? It was, and I said, that was the perfect service. Like, and here's why I tell you that. Because for me to walk out of a service the night before, I wasn't, like, I wasn't even mad or whatever. I was just like, I know where I'm at in life. That's the reason we got away for a weekend. I need, I need something. I need the, like, what David said in, in Psalms, like the balm of Gilead. I need this magic powder to come over me and make me feel better, all right? First church wasn't doing it. But then what God reminded me in the second church is it's not the church anyways. Two great churches. But on the second one, I was so desperate because I'm like, I'm not going the whole weekend without worshiping. And right in that first song, God spoke to me, touched my life. Over, over the rest of the summer, I'm going to share some of the things that he spoke to me. But immediately after that, provided our staff members that we have, did some incredible things. And I just want to tell you, as we pray, and we're going to sing one more song, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity. Say, God, you can have my heart. That's, that's all he wants. That last bit on the blank is he really wants a relationship with us. That's it. It's not about making sacrifices. It's not about attending church. It's about him loving you. And him wanting to be in love with you. And you in love with him. That's what's going to change your family. That's what's going to change your relationship between you and your wife. That's what's going to change your relationship wives between you and your husband. And kids and their parents. That's what's going to do it. It's the heart. So as we sing this last song, yes, we're all going to go eat after this. We're going to take some pictures. We're going to go have a fun day. But can we take another five minutes, just another five minutes, and say, Lord, you can have my heart. This song is all about his heart. You can have my heart. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. I pray that you would bless our fathers. That you would bless them with your presence. I pray you would bless our mothers with your presence and everyone else in this room. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you today and pray during this last song one more time that you'd hear our hearts, that you would bless our bodies. In your name we pray. Amen. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, churches. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down.
Church, we're so thankful that you joined us.